Welcome into this week's edition of the Research Corner. I'm Tony Mulvey, joined by Joe Antoshek. Joe, how's it going? It's going well, Tony. How you doing? Good morning. You know, I can't complain. Earning season's here. Got kicked off really with the big freight player uh, last night, kind of missing the mark on expectations. And so we're going to kind of take this time to break down J.B. Hunt's earnings and what that means for not the overall market, but how it kind of aligns with what we saw in Sonar data, because the two actually line up pretty closely. And the first chart we'll bring up is our outbound domestic rail container volume that loaded. So J.B. Hunt, obviously a predominant intermodal player, specifically those domestic containers. So why not look at at the volume levels that we've seen here? So what you can see, first quarter average down, but about that 5 to 8%. Well, you look at J.B. Hunt's uh, volume levels overall, intermodal volume declined 5%. Now, that said, you see... And you hear it in their commentary, the West Coast was kind of that drag on their overall volume. Transcontinental loads down 9% year over year. So, I mean, you're talking those long, that land bridge that Mike just talked about in the stock out. That's where you're seeing the decline, where on the eastern side of the network, so East Coast and inland, actually increased 1%. So, kind of seeing that shift, we've talked about it. Joe, the shift in ports from West Coast to East Coast, you kind of see it show up in in their results. Yeah, you do, and and it's worth noting too that that um, uh, JB Hunt, while their intermodal numbers were down, their their loadings were down. Um, they did slightly beat uh, the total market right in, on, on that front. So they 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 did okay, uh, comparatively speaking. Um, but yeah, I mean, it you know it it really does paint uh, a fuller picture of what we've been watching uh, over the last few months. You know, we're we're writing research reports um, every month, kind of looking at this stuff, and this is exactly what what we've been seeing. Um, and hopefully, uh, we're kind of at the the bottom of things now, and 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 we start to see some some pickup in the next uh, next couple of months. Yeah, and I look at. J.B. Hunt, their management was a little more bullish on, at least coming out of 2022, they were a little more bullish on the back half of 2023. That commentary's kind of shifted, right? It's not so much that it's going to get worse, it's just maybe that it's not going to get necessarily better. Like, when does it get better is a little more unclear than maybe what they thought it was going to be coming out of 2022. I think one of the interesting things is, and we'll talk about this more as we move forward, but one of the interesting parts is their customer customer compliance was at an all-time low, right? We've talked about carrier compliance throughout the pandemic was at an all-time low. Well, now it's customers. They're moving that freight, not honoring the volume, I guess would be the way to think of it this way. They're not giving the volume to, to J.B. Hunt in an effort or what their contracts say they would, right? This is where freight contracts are very interesting. They're not those binding agreements. They're they're able to shift around. But still, most of the freight J.B. Hunt moves is under those contractual agreements. We'll bring up another chart here. Looking at 
obviously they talked about revenue in the intermodal sector, right? The big, I think it's 60 plus percent of their overall revenue down 4%. This is an area where they did beat the market, right? We saw a pretty dramatic drop in intermodal rates year over year in that first quarter average, right? Look at the dash line. Don't take that dash line is really the, the two dash lines are the ones to pay attention to. And you can see, I mean, we were first quarter average at $1.77. Last year, it was $1.91. So a greater than 4% drop, their fleet or their total revenue dropped 4%, but their gross revenue per load actually increased 1%. So really on the pricing side, not all that bad. Yeah, they were able to uh, uh, make something out of very little, you know, and that that is uh, certainly a positive to take. And that's what their their leadership was talking about yesterday. Um, but still, right, it's like there's not there's not a ton of upside uh, in the market here to look for. So, um, yeah, you, you got to kind of pick and choose what uh, what you can, uh, you know, what you can make out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of shifting gears into another one of their arms that's really been a growth arm for for the company, looking at their brokerage and that ICS, Integrated Capacity Solutions Group, or segment, revenue down 42%, but you look at it, overall segment volume down 25%, kind of in line with where we are. We have the outbound tender volume index. Again, looking at the dash line, it's about that 25 to 28%. So kind of in line with with the market, I think the big key here is the shift in contract volume versus spot volume. And I don't think it's a surprise, but contractual volume in this segment totaled 63% of volume and 64% of revenue compared to 44% of volume and 42% this time last year. So obviously seeing a shift into more contract freight, not really a surprise given the spot market's cooled off. But overall, when you look at this, Volume levels really down, kind of in line with the market, which is to be expected overall. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, the the, the difference in spot rates compared to contract rates last year, compared to where they were in in Q one twenty twenty three, dramatically different, right? It makes a lot of sense that there would be uh, less volume there. Um, so yeah, I I think that uh, right, it, it really just kind of mirrors the market and. Uh, the other thing to say too, which you know, uh, I think a lot of people watching will know, but the reason why JB Hunt's earnings are so significant uh, is because right, they're they're spread out across uh, a lot of the transportation areas that that, that we watch, uh, and so their earnings are a pretty good indication of what other companies are about to report. Right? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily, but but. Uh, oftentimes it is like an indication, you know, so Tony, you and I were talking about this yesterday, but right. It's like, uh, expectations are, uh, maybe a little soured by, uh, by, by these results. Yeah. And I think one of the positives, I mean, if you can take it as a positive is, is their gross margin percentage, which it, it makes sense. It expanded during the quarter and we'll bring up a chart that kind of shows why it'll be the last one. It's going to be our NTI and that van contract rate. So you look back, Q1, that far left line, where it's at this time last year, contract rates were at a ten, almost 10% discount to that all-in spot rate, right? So if you think 
brokerage buy, gets freight at a contract rate. They sell. They basically buy. They so that's their sell rate. They buy capacity at the uh, spot rate. Margins get squeezed when spot rates are elevated. Well, now we've seen that kind of a reversal. Now we're almost the exact opposite, right? Where contract rates are at are basically 8% above that all-in spot rate. So no surprise to see margin expansion. I think that'll be a theme we'll see, but ultimately not enough volume to offset that that expansion. That's exactly right, yeah. Awesome stuff, Joe. As always, thank you for joining me on this week's edition of The Research Corner. Right now, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more Freightways Now. 